So we got a little stunt. We got a little rock. Well, we got a lot of both, actually. Yeah, a whole lot. We of got stunt. a whole yeah, lot of whole both lot of and magic. That's the thing. This should have been called magic. Yeah, this thing could have like magic stunt rock. Magic stunt rock. Yeah, exactly. Because like I expected the stunts, I expected the rock. I didn't expect all that magic. Yeah, that was a bonus surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that was not advertised on the front of the <laughs> No. Seriously. Box. Like I looked first of all, the uh the poster, like if you haven't seen it, is fantastic for this movie. It's a rad poster. That poster is always in demand. R- yeah. For a movie that nobody knows about. Yeah. I think I actually learned about this movie from the poster yeah. years ago. Mm. I could see why. It's a fantastic and, poster. Yeah. But well, I, I I learned of it when Tim League the uh the originator mm-hmm. of the Alamo Draft House uh came to uh Phoenix with on a road show with Don Coscarelli to show the um Phantasm. The show Phantasm was it I think it was a was it a four K? Yep. Yeah, four K restoration and then do a Q and A. But then as long as he was there he wanted to do um uh, like the the weird Wednesday, what the, the mystery movie night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. That the same night. Uh, so then, yeah, he he brought um the the digital package that had the movie on it, and it was the Astrologer, which is also another movie. Yeah, uh, from the seventies that yes. is not um available At and all. really under format than thirty five millimeter is my understanding, and of course Agfa has a copy of it, and they they digitally scanned it off the thirty five, um, so they have a copy of it in DCP, but um, not necessarily supposed to be you know distributed in any other way. So it's he showed that unreleasable yeah. for whatever reasons, and but I'm sure we've, we've already figured out why this is probably unreleasable, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, Tim also wanted to have a bunch of uh, trailers that Agfa just recently scanned um, of different movies that were from the 70s or of the same kind of ilk that would work with the Astrologer, because I would think that was what 72, 73, 74, somewhere on there. Astrologer? Yeah, yeah. I think I think early 70s, mid 70s, early 75 to at latest. So one of them was Stunt Rock. Never heard anything. Never was on my radar. Uh, and so, you know, and, and Tim wanted, you know, cranked up. He just kept saying, turn it up, turn it up louder, louder, louder. He wanted to be like, mm-hmm. you know, concert level as yeah. you're watching it. So I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do with myself. And then, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's stuck in my brain sure. and I'm like, well, oh, yeah. I have to back catalog this. And if I happen to remember it again, I'll, you know, try and find it. I and, definitely uh, saw that trailer. I, th- it must've been, you know, in another pre-show at the Alamo or it could have even been at Fantastic Fest but i know i've seen that trailer yeah uh so i don't remember if i think there was the wizard in there but it wasn't like a focal point you know you maybe Mm -hmm. just saw him like yeah do the like the blast yeah well that incredible poster i think there's nary a wizard to be found so like the wizard that was like a definitely surprise wizard so searching this two wizards searching this out uh was fairly easy relatively i guess i'm good at finding things i'm a mm-hmm. finder uh and th- this is under the uh oh i know what it was i know what happened is because umbrella who released this is uh an australian distributor that's where i found that lunatics that we did right. mm-hmm. uh lunatics a love story and as i was digging into their catalog this thing picked up on stunt rock and i said that can't be like the same thing but it's on 
shown off. The same director who did The Man from Hong Kong, which I haven't seen either, but a lot of this Ozploitation uh, films. But it has, oh, it's, it's a, this, okay, so <laughs> this is a long story. <laughs> this is my, like, my goddamn Rick and Morty story from last time. <laughs> the Man from Hong Kong, released by Umbrella Distribution on Blu-ray, 1080p, you know, remastered, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then it has a bonus on the same disc, Blu-ray disc, but in, in a standard edition, an SD edition, uh, Death Cheaters, which... You said is a is that the documentary or no, just like a short no, forty five minutes? The stuntman is the, the stuntman. Okay, so it has uh, death cheaters Which is also a special feature on um, Dead End Drive. That's where I saw it. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, I remember we had talked about that a while back. Arrow released Dead End Drive, which is from the same director. Yeah, and there was a number of bonus features on that, and one was the stuntman, which is on that. It did not include stunt rock. Right, unfortunately. So this, so yeah. this one has death cheaters standard feature. Audio commentary with director, executive producer, second unit di- uh, director, and lead actor. Then it has stunt rock, standard feature, uh, with audio commentary as well. Oh, shit. There's uh, an audio commentary on Yeah. That? Promo nice. reel and theatrical trailer. Uh, Kung Fu Killers, standard feature. Danger Freaks, standard feature with theatrical trailer. And... The stuntmen in standard. You know what's so weird to me is that this thing is not advertised as like, you know, Brian Trenchard Smith collection. That it's just advertised as the man for Hong Kong. And then like you have to look at the special features to see that. Oh, by the way, there's like three other movies on here. You like this movie? Here's four more (laughs) you might like. Seriously. That's crazy, man. So right after we wrapped up with this, it went right back into the hat. Yeah. Because. Yeah. There's more stuff to enjoy. Um, I'm down, man. In- including the man from Hong Kong. Right. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it. And I, I'm a super fan of this director, and I haven't seen it at all. Yeah, Brian Trenchard Smith. I mean, now this is the only, the oh, I guess third film, because I did watch The Stuntman as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so counting Stuntman, this is the third uh, BTS film I've seen. And damn, I'm definitely a fan as well. Dead End Drive-In is one of my favorite movies of I all mean, time. I mean, straight up saw Dead End Drive-In within the last couple of months, and it has already skyrocketed like one of my favorite 80s movies. I mean, that thing is, because it's not just a fantastic, um, you know, stunt movie in the parts where there are stunts mm-hmm. but it's like i mean it it's actually like means something it's like a really important satire it's uh it's funny as hell the design is great the music is incredible yeah i freaking love dead end driving so this was a total honestly a total treat you know i was like stunt rock hell yeah man i haven't seen this and i yep. love brian trenchard smith and uh yeah, this thing delivered, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, it started a little slow, you know, like, because I'd seen the stuntmen and it seemed a lot like the stuntmen in the beginning. Yes. Like, it seemed like just a really kind of like low budget, you know, Australian documentary about stuntmen. Um, and then freaking the sorcery started up, man. Like, so the entire soundtrack, and this is done by like a hair metal band named Sorcery. LA based. Yeah. <laughs> I was concerned at the very beginning beginning only because you you don't know where it's going to necessarily go yeah. or how much they're going to show you because it does it does begin with a staging of a particular stunt but then once it goes into the uh, opening credit sequence it shows a bunch of quick stunts people flipping over bikes right. cars exploding driving into each other i'm like oh, if this is 
if they're just showing you the quick cuts of what they're going to show you in the rest of the film, yeah. that really blows because I hate that. Totally. Um, to have like their their little montage sure. of mm-hmm. you know, what's going to come up and what you're going to see. And they didn't. It's like, I don't think they they repeated themselves at all throughout the whole thing. No. No. Unless they showed a couple things from different angles. But even Maybe, then, it's but... like, that would be grouped together. Mm-hmm. So you'd see it from two different angles. It wouldn't be like repeated throughout the film. You know? So I was uh, reading that apparently the reason why, did you uh, see the reason why they did that? Like, because I was just reading up on a little bit in our little break. And because um, it was most of that stuff was filmed on 16 millimeter and the aspect ratio is that's more of a square, figured. right? Uh, that, that so, so, yeah. Sense, so yeah. that's why there's doubled up or two different angles because they wanted to fill the whole mirror, screen. Mirror yeah, image. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And I like the fact that this band sorcery is like not particularly great, you know? Like, I mean, you know, look, I think the music is fine. Singers, not so hot. Um, and they're, you know, they're, it's like they seem to be kind of like a B rate, you know, like, you know, 70s. That's what they are. Totally. But it's like, but what they lack in, you know, maybe full on talent, they make up for in passion and straight up pageantry and theatrics, Mm -hmm. you know, because you've got and those are like, I love the stunt sequences, but like my favorite parts of the movie are basically this is a concert film of sorcery. And they've got like this whole thing with like a wizard and the devil fighting each other and just straight up magic acts, you know, Mm -hmm. like like sawing people in half and, you know, disappearing from boxes and fire and birds and all this stuff into the devil. (laughs) Yeah, man. And it's like all set to like just this heavy metal music, which is like really bad. Like, Meh! you know, just screaming. Well, you said it was Spinal Tap as well. It's it was. so Spinal Tap, very much. Like genuinely to the point where, because I I will say this, I'm not like a an expert in this in the stuff that Spinal Tap was obviously parodying, right? So, I mean, I oh, I, you t- you talk to any band, uh huh. And anybody that ever talked about Spinal Tap, and they said that's exactly what it's like. Didn't right, matter right. if it was Metallica or if it was uh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. like BB King. They said, yeah, this is spot on what every single musician yeah. goes through. But the thing about Spinal Tap was, and and with Sorcery, it was the hair, it was a the theatrics, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it was even kind of the the tones of the songs. Well, because I mean, you know, you take things like uh, I mean, I know I know you had things like Iron Maiden mm-hmm. had really big stage shows. Yeah. Alice right? Cooper, Alice Sticks. Cooper, totally. You know, a lot of those guys had really big stage shows. Um, but I definitely think that there's something about the tone of this, of like the the kind of fun but self serious, like you know, in the time of magic, you oh. know, like that whole yeah, kind of this thing. Is, this is very Iron Maiden and uh, Judas Priest light. Right, right. Like, very much so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, which is kind of, I think, why I love it. Did they have bit. as much, like, actual full-on magic acts? I don't I don't know about their shows at the time in yeah. particular, because, I mean, I wasn't around for them, but uh, the lyrics, yeah. Oh, are, yeah. Are very the lyrics du- are straight are up. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's so good. I know. Yeah. He's like, you know, the Wizards Council meets. <laughs> so good, man. Oh, whatever. Uh, uh, 
why the keyboard player is wearing a burn mask. It's so good. It's, it's so it's good. A hood. It's like, a hood, by the way. Sorry, a burn yeah. hood. And an he has outpatient. A hood for every occasion. Well, and I burn love it. Hood. I love it. They're like they get so much mileage out of it. Cause like the first time someone's like, Why are you wearing the hood? And he goes, Why do you wear a hood? Why does anyone wear a hood? Oh, uh, how does it feel? Uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, and I was fucking right answer he's dude got, he's got the uh like kind of the 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 drapey kind of sparkly hood. right yeah he's got the red one right. that's close that has like a little bridge nose like i said a burn victim hood yeah it's oh, terrible i hated looking at it yeah. he had the black one but then he had the 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 sparkly one for when he was on mm-hmm. stage that totally. was like kind of the mirror yeah. mosaic one. It, it really reminded so it, so it like you know it, it played to the back of the room <laughs> totally. type thing it really reminded me of of like in pop star you know it's like to like wear that mask and it's like he's even like the keyboard guy and it's so good if he's actually trying to hide his identity or if he's just trying to be something that's you know a little off kilter mm-hmm. that's that's fine too but it's that it's a long yellow hair. Yeah. So if you were out and about and you knew of sorcery mm-hmm. and he's there just out getting a sandwich all together and he's not wearing his yeah. his hood, uh, you would identify him right away. You wouldn't say, well, that's a so? groupier of his best buddy. Yeah, I don't know. Do I mean, so? in L.A. in the in 70s? the late seventies, yeah, totally. I think you know who knows. No, I'm saying 1981. Sorcery is done and over with. <laughs> And a couple of the guys are just right. hanging out, and then the keyboard player's there, too. Totally. Yeah, but they're going to go, you're the keyboard player. Honestly, I don't know why people do it. There are there are bands that do it. I mean, obviously, Daft Punk, uh, you know, yeah. wears the mask. Like, you have, you know, Marshmallow, you know? Like, oh. there's a lot of people. But there's also, there's this band I really like named Clinic, that they all wear doctor's masks. I don't know why people do it. I mean, I think it's kind of cool when people do. The Art of Noise did it back in the 80s. I ah, mean, there you we, go. we know what they look like now. Obviously, but. the resident. You know, um, uh, Mr. Bungle did it due yeah. to um, the label because oh, they really? were on different labels huh. and they weren't allowed to do live shows showing their face. Yeah, okay. So they wore like those gimp. Interesting. Masks. Yeah. Obviously, Slipknot. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Guar. Yeah, Guar. Right. So you know, I definitely. I but I love the fact that they played it for comedy. I like. There's the one part where. You know, somebody said to him, uh, you know, take off that stupid hood, and he took it off, and there was another one, different yeah, color yeah, underneath, yeah. you know? He just needed, like, the little bubba doing Totally, totally. Slide whistle. Yeah. Supposed to be the Phantom of the Opera? Now you take that stupid hood off. Really good stuff. Um, yeah, so what would you call this, like, a mockumentary? I, mean, I don't know if a mockumentary, no. but it's definitely a like kind of a fake documentary like this thing's not a documentary it's, it's a pseudo documentary because right. i don't think it, it really pokes any sort of fun right at right the either the stuntman uh scene for lack of a better mm-hmm. word or even even the rock scene i think that somehow i think this framed together i don't think somebody set out to make a movie about stunt rock right right i think that you know obviously he had he did the stuntman yeah, uh, documentary, or I think earlier than this, and so it was. It was that head. was like mid seventies. He's he's used a lot of stunts in a lot of his movies, so yeah. it's probably on his mind. Maybe he really went to L.A. and saw sorcery and was like, "This band's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, let's, totally. Let's, let's do something with this." That's totally possible. There, there is a narrative 
Mm. It's, I mean, there's a screenplay that, yeah. that it's credited to two different people, uh, and one of which is the director. So mm-hmm. it's, it's got to be an interest-based, you know, sort sure. of thing. Like, I want to do something with sorcery. I want to focus on some stunt work because that's what I like doing. Let's figure out a way to to put it all together. Yeah, and I think that's probably, you know, I mean, just in terms of how we're going to structure this thing, saying, well, you know, it's about a stuntman who's working on a movie and he's hanging out in L.A. and he meets this, uh, you know, like, reporter, and so she's asking him questions about being a stuntman. That's going to give us an excuse to show clips and stuff like that, you know, and then also they keep going to the show of this sorcery, which is going to play over a lot of the stunt stuff. I mean, it seems like a perfect marriage. It's like nothing I've ever seen, really. Really? Shit, now I wish Quentin Tarantino had like a sorcery moment <laughs> in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I know right. it was kind of a little bit after that. Well, but, you yeah, know. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I know obviously that uh, Cliff was based on, there's another, it was the one who, it was specifically off of uh, Burt Reynolds and his stuntman. Right. I, I can't remember right. what his stuntman was. I know it was specifically based on that. But there were little things like, for example, when Cliff is just in his car and coming down the hill and just like screeching around the corner and stuff like that, that just felt felt like was a direct nod to the way that um you know what what's his, uh, the main guy's name again uh uh page yeah um grant page grant, grant page, page. Yeah. yeah that grant page like just drives his car you know just like that felt like it was a nod you also very much get I mean, there's simply no way that Tarantino is not a fan of this film. Oh, I, I might have, now that you even name-dropped him, I might have found out about this movie through him, or saw the trailer right. through him at some point, yeah. following him. Because I know that, like, for example, on the Death Proof, um, like the special edition you know, DVD mm-hmm. Blu-ray thing, um, there's some really good special features talking about practical stuntmen and how important they were in like, the history in the 70s and stuff like that, you know, kind of going off of Stuntman Mike. And um, I definitely feel that, like, you know, he must have like, seen this stuff. He's well, he, basing a lot well, of that. Of course, because right. look at, like, Zoe Bell is, like, a stunt woman. It, right. Like, yeah, and, like, a big focus in a lot of his films yeah and also uh like his love for just australia i mean osploitation basically put the stunt people in the most harms yeah possible yeah. way the road what warrior. was the road warrior the one where the where you where he flips yes. over the bike into mm-hmm. the ditch is like yeah the dude almost died from that and they're yeah. like yeah we're keeping that in there yeah <laughs> Well, even I think even the stunt person said, "No, you got to keep that in there, man." I mean, you know, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Um, Yeah, I definitely dug it though. Like there was just, uh, I think it it moved at a quick pace. I think it was paced really well. Like there was just there was every time you know it's like okay, I'm a little over this part. Then you'd have another musical sequence, right? Um, You know, Uh, I just wish I uh, if I if I knew the music a little bit better. Sure. That's. I think that's really the only uh, complaint that I would that I would have with it. I I couldn't understand a lot of the lyrics. Like they'd be like yeah. screaming stuff, and I have no idea what they're screaming. Right I uh, I'm in desperate need of the soundtrack now. Yeah. And I and I already looked it up. It is available. Really. And and I think I'm going to pull the trigger on it. Do it. And then the whole catalog of sorcery. Uh, so the sorcery catalog. I'm glad you brought that up because I found it pretty fascinating in the two minutes it took me to go <laughs> through it. Stunt Rock soundtrack, their debut album. Okay. Uh, in 1984, now we're jumping, what, six years later? Yeah. Uh, they did the soundtrack to Rocktober Blood, 
which I never realized it was them, but that is a highly coveted record. I mean, it, it goes for hundreds of dollars on the secondary market. It's since been re-released and, mm-hmm. and more obtainable, but it's it was very it's a low budget slasher film that I've never seen. Uh, but it's yeah, write that down. Rocktober Blood. Rocktober Blood yeah. for the um, win. It's it fits in with that uh, trick or treat and uh, Black Roses era. Uh, rock and roll um, nightmare metal horror films. My favorite. And then in 2000, they released an album called Two. Wow. Which I would assume is their second album. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of crossover in the first two. And that's it. 2000. But they're, as far as I'm aware, they're still active. <laughs> they're, they're an LA based, you know, band that right. I don't think ever really, they're, they're content. Are they still game. doing the stage show? I don't know. I'd, oh, I'd like to think so. I but, would hope so. But I mean, they're pushing. Are you still wearing the, <laughs> the burn hood? <laughs> That's what I want to know. He wears the burn hood, but now it's like got LEDs yeah. and lights up and everything. Uh, you yeah, know? maybe he joined Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I liked how they did the one sequence, too, where they had a bunch of the old, old stuff, the early stunt work. Yeah. That stuff yeah. was honestly... The, the silent era. That stuff stunts, was crazy. Yeah. That yeah. stuff blew my mind more, honestly. Yes. Because that stuff is like... Barnstorming. and Yeah, that's like such... It's, it's of an age that you know... I mean, those are the true people that are trailblazing at that point. And you know there was no freaking safety measures taken back then. No. There's at least some safety measures. We have the experience of all of those years of people doing things and getting hurt and learning safety measures back then. I mean, you had a dude literally jump roping on the corner of like a girder and building a skyscraper under construction. Right. What the hell? And then you have like what what I love is that the everyone's a stuntman mentality of those films too. There's there was a clip of uh, a a biplane uh-huh. flying. So you have the pilot who's actually flying the plane. You've got somebody doing handstands on one of the wings, and you have the director of that film off on the side cranking the camera, <laughs> cranking the camera yeah. <laughs> as he's filming it. Right. It, that's amazing to me. It's oh, freaking awesome. Speaking of directors, this this was a stab at directors. Oh yeah, there is some jokes oh, lobbed yeah. over to uh, the way. Well, I don't even know if they're necessarily jokes. I mean, I guess you know a stunt person could probably you know say, oh, you know, we've always gotten the, you know, we're we're not the you know the main star or anything like that. And we're putting our life on the line and we're taken for granted. You know, we're just told what to do and hurry up and get it done. You know, they don't take their position seriously. They they really nailed that. Yeah, <laughs> a yeah. lot. Uh, with the director coming out, you know, you stupid stunt fucker, you know, do your <laughs> goddamn job. Yeah. Right, you know? right. You're 11 minutes late because you were hospitalized. <laughs> yeah, get to work. What stunt. are you doing? We're getting, right. you know, we're set up. The sun, the sun is the only thing that's what wasting time is the sun, or I don't know yeah. whatever mm-hmm. the, the phrase was, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I mean, it introduced maybe some some humor to it, but it maybe just went a little bit too much. Like why? <laughs> I, again. I, I'm and somebody agents who, too. I yeah, well, and agents too. But I like to have an arc to something. I like to have right. some sort of completion. I mean, I I would have thought like maybe that it, well that one where he he 
goes through the the windshield on fire and he's like like clawing his way out and he's still on fire and it's just like going on and on mm-hmm. and you're just like oh my god like if you save like something like that at the end of the film and then the director's like oh my gosh man you put like everything you had to in that and you could have died that right. was amazing you know and then they high five and then you know freeze <laughs> totally frame freeze at the frame. end you know just yeah. something to give like you know the the make the director appreciate the stunt person yeah. no the only real payoff at all like he goes is, on a date is, with that lady right well i mean that's yeah well no well, the whole crowd shouted the dude's name uh, like, this, is, this is for you that's, that's true what the film scene didn't see in what's his name uh grant page grant page sorcery did <laughs> exactly it's so, true so he he was able to create a movement combining stunt and rock that yeah. was his idea it's oh, a good point you know yeah but, but it's the birth of stunt but i rock. was actually thinking more of the comeuppance of, but what if you had the well, okay so fine mm, so yeah. l- like let's say you know they 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 you know this stunt rock thing has exploded thanks to uh grant pop and happen and uh miss um <laughs> grant pop and happen <laughs> And Miss Magazine writer who right. wanted to, you know, explode this thing out. And sure. then it actually happens. Then you have the director who gave him shit this whole time, comes up to him and is like, oh, you're like the biggest thing ever. And he's like, fuck you, mate. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, you got to do sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Just punch him. A little you know? something, you know, you yeah. got to put something in there. Uh, there's it also... Kind of, it, it teeter-tattered between it being like what we were saying you know is it a documentary or is it just kind of a commentary on the the stunt people or is this an actual like narrative and then just in between you have like it's all this, of those this i mean i think concert. you're you're no, definitely it is, it is it is putting in more thought than than they did you know i mean i definitely think that for them this is like this is an experience yes and like you, you said know? earlier it's i i i do think a lot of the stunt stuff was already shot in australia then figured well they just need like an edge they need something to not necessarily pad it out but well that's add something what to it, it felt you know? like right, right is that um when you have you know something like a, a clip show right of a sitcom and then they have to have something that brings it all together you know or like um if you have an anthology film and then you have like the framing device, the framing device right? That's kind of what it felt like. It's just, but it is a very big framing device, right? You know, and then, but, and some of the stunt stuff was like greatest hits. Mm-hmm. So you'd run into a character and they'd get to know each other and say, well, what, what was your, what are you known for? Well, have you seen Gone in 60 Seconds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three minutes of car chases. Which, again, like as you brought up earlier. Yes is you know probably why this movie hasn't been widely distributed because there's a lot of clips from a lot of a lot i don't mean a lot other than gone from 60 seconds i don't know where the all that other source material came from i mean who knows it was like the wild west like you know especially because it was an australian film right so they had different rules over there they're like screw it we're gonna use all of it you know yeah it's like turkish star wars or something yeah i wonder if it actually ever got released here do you know if it yeah. ever showed yeah it got a theatrical oh, it here. did okay yeah. gotcha hence where the one sheets came from oh right um but yeah i don't know anybody that ever was like i saw this movie oh here, sure and you know yeah, i've can you been imagine? looking for it my entire life i think it's all the the cult uh people that have found it since yeah 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 no doubt it's also possible that sorcery's 
music is attached to some label at the time that do, that mm. won't negotiate right for for to to release the film it seems possible but since it's all sorcery you know since it's all one band i definitely if i was going to guess would say it's more just the clips of every other movie this thing used yeah the licensing for all those that have i mean i imagine all the silent film footage is that's probably public domain by now if if not then certainly by now Mm -hmm. but but yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds for shit. Well, that's that's like, isn't that like Warner think, Brothers right? or Universal? Yeah, it could have been Gone in 60 Seconds on its own, you yeah. know, because the other ones are probably a lot of Australian films. But then they showed like those other two, like couple of stunt guys and showed some of their clips. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? This thing's got to have clips of a lot of different movies in it. And who right. knows where they all come from? I wonder from. if it's on the commentary. That's a good point. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd Let's definitely. go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, l- I'd like to hear it for sure. No, I thought they did a good variety of things, even the stage stuff, even though the first few uh, clips of the the concert footage with the the wizard and the the Prince of Darkness were chasing each other, and then the the denouement of of that particular song, they repeated that a couple times, but then they they did step it up as it went forward with the other things, and I I appreciated that, too, because I'm like... Okay, another song that I don't know, you know, and and then another thing where they're gonna rise up and do this or that. But they actually did some stuff that was pretty cool. Totally. I mean, even to today's standards. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're working. I think I mentioned Chris Angel or something, you know, or uh, David Blaine or, uh-huh. or anything. Um, but still, there was some stuff with the with the sword and and. I still don't know how they did a lot of. This. I still don't know how they do the freaking bird thing, man. Like I don't get it, man. Yeah. But yeah. it's 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 you know. You don't really want to know, you no, know. I no. mean, I don't really want to know, man. It's fun. It's magic. Yeah. I I would if I went to see a sorcery show in 1978, I think I would have got my money's worth for sure. Bro, like yeah. I was upset that I didn't go to that show. Like <laughs> I don't know if I've had FOMO this hard since like stop making sense. <laughs> Like, holy shit, man. To be in that audience. Holy crap. And they were just having a blast. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be, man? And you know they were just weeded to their eyeballs, man. Like, forget oh, about it. the whole it. set probably was. Oh, it was like... <laughs> that, you thought yeah, that, that was smoke from machine, all the fire? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. Exactly, man. Um, they such a blast. They brought that Australian kush over for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause straight up, like I would have just watched a sorcery concert film. I would too, and I would have been like, "Hell yeah, this shit's awesome!" And then you throw in a bunch of stunts and stuff as well, you know. Like, and again, like, sure, there's like kind of like boring, like talky parts, you know, in between. But even those, I didn't mind because they were really far and few between. They never last know? that long. Yeah, I mean, the 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 plot does not get in the way of this film. Totally. Uh-uh. The, the intro to a narrative is guy i forgot this guy's name like four times already <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> so good Grant stint kraken papper <laughs> when stint kraken papper <laughs> himself on the first set that he's doing for this tv series uh he goes to the hospital he escapes the hospital by climbing out the window. Yeah, down and, two oh, stories. Funny. And, and, and the reporter that just happened to see, oh, this person got injured on television the night before. Yeah, I need to know more about him. Dro- happens to have just driven up at the same time. And mm-hmm. he's like, all right, let, let, can, can you drive me to this? Or let me drive right. your car 
I'm right. a crazy person that just climbed out a window. Totally. And she's like, all right, cool. And he does. And he gets to set. And nobody apparently realizes he was in the hospital the <laughs> night before, even though it was reported on television. Right. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're late. Get back on set. Exactly. Get, get dressed. You, you have a scene to shoot. That's how we're introduced. This I is know. like three minutes, I know. if not less. Plot. Plot. Dude, I so what if you, you can't you can't say that they dragged that out at all. They knew what this movie was. Mm-hmm. It was stunts and it was rock. And they put as little bit of mayonnaise in that at all to make it stick together and that's it. What about the part where he <laughs> strings up a rope between two buildings and then crawls out onto the rope? And then pulls out a rotary telephone, and which apparently is like connected. You can see connected to a line, and then dials up the girl from right outside of her window to ask her out on a date. Yeah, (laughs) it's so good, (laughs) man. And there's also there is there there was the whole like plot about the actress who wanted to be able to do her own stunts and she wasn't allowed to, Mm -hmm. and that did get some payoff because she was eventually allowed to do her own stuff. Yeah, the she and she screwed her agent over. Yeah, at the end there, exactly. Got comeuppance. Yeah. So I mean, that was preventing her from doing what right, she wanted to right, do. Right. You know. So there's there's your plot. Thanks. Done. Stunt rock. Stunt rock. Cultfollowing. Co. Co. Chicago. <laughs> Washington, Houston, <laughs> Las Vegas, New Mexico. By the way, before we leave, that is absolutely not how a recording studio works. <laughs> you don't get everybody in one room, right? Stage them like right. they're yeah. on stage with like and flashing record. lights in the background. I don't even know if they had flashing lights, they but did. you don't sit there and you know swing the microphone right. and do your stage show <laughs> as you're recording with your dog laying across <laughs> the, the dog console. laying across the console. They do, <laughs> and cats do. That's fine. Oh yeah. Hey, hey. You but don't you know how sorcery that makes there. that magic happen, buddy. But I know how a goddamn recording studio works. I did it for 15 <laughs> fucking years. I'm just saying, That's not man. how it works. Man, you, you need to produce like that dog produces, man. Then that's how you get that sound, just man. fall asleep. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fall asleep across the thing. And then it, it makes itself. Exactly. Right. My sweat goes into the capacitors <laughs> and shorts everything out. It's the uh, it's the electric dreams type thing. Yeah, Just, you know, yes. spill stuff all over the console, and then it breathes a life of its own. I dig it. Let's try it. Bye, Tempe, Arizona. Ah. <laughs>